<laughs> oh, that's cold. This is the Going for Broke podcast. I love anonymity a little bit. And then now it's like, I just thought like, women are on the streets were just talking to me. And they're like, oh, well, you do the Going for Broke podcast? I'm bang. That's what they say to me. They actually say, bang. Sports. With the first pick What's the in the yeah, 2018 Masters Draft, Tumam Duong, the pick is yours. I pick Doug Gahim. Who? <laughs> Doug Gahim. Reality TV. Uncle Harrison's the greatest human being. Perhaps after me. <laughs> Life. I hate the Snapchat dog filters. Why? It's so dumb. It's, it's so, so cute. No, it's not cute. It's never cute. Unfiltered. When I read it, I, I thought it would sound more like, mm, bang. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're really, the N and the G are really subtle there. Here are your hosts, Mike Tumam Duong, Adam Scully, and Mike the Hound Dog Harrison. It seemed like the moment only concern was that your audio was a little lower than mine. Is it? And okay. I was trying to I was trying to work I, with it here. There was but... a couple of times where I was talking and it popped. Mm. And I didn't want to pop it, so I kind of lowered my voice a little bit. But yeah, but it wasn't like it wasn't like super low. But I was like, yeah, it's a little bit lower. But uh-huh. that's why we need you too, mom. You are seriously, our beacon. Seriously. We need your guide dog to guide us. <laughs> <laughs> we love you too, mother. Come back, come back to us, please. We need you. We're lost without you. We're literally a lost puppy without you. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 60. Six. Ooh. Six. Oh, the Going for Broke podcast, the Marcus Granlund <laughs> edition. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of 60s that I have to go through that I could, I could find. Twitter coma asks, is that the son of Marcus Naslin? <laughs> Marcus Naslin. That's a good one. I like that. You should get that. Did you get that thing started? You were uh, talking about that last pod. I'm uh, conceptualizing it. I need to uh, need to have enough content to, to keep pumping it out. Apparently, I've been to some seminars where to to break out of the echo chamber in Twitter, you need to post uh, 20 tweets a day. Have people 20. Act, yes, for an organization to succeed, you need to put out 20 posts a day to get some traction. So. I'm in the works. I don't know if I have enough knowledge or enough care to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, that, that's oh, that, that's so good. You can you can even do like a Cleveland Browns one, certainly, obviously, right? You For can sure. be like, For sure. how are the Cleveland Browns like favored to win the Super Bowl with, with like Kelly Holcomb as their quarterback, <laughs> or something like the Jackson or the Jacksonville Jaguars signed Nick Foles. What happened to Mark Brunel? Is there no loyalty in sports? He just <laughs> took him to an AFC Championship game. Is he throwing up darts to Jimmy Smith? <laughs> who's who's blocking from Tony Baselli? Oh. Tom Coughlin, man, that guy's an ageless, ageless wonder, you know. Beautiful, man. Oh, yeah, man. I, I love that idea. You definitely uh, go from conceptualizing state to actually putting that to, together. Oh, let's put it together. All right. We'll yeah, we that. talked about that last week, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was hoping by now we would, we would maybe had uh, some uh, tweets from that Twitter account, but ah man, okay, make it happen. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll launch it. Uh, folks, really good to have you guys along here. It is another beautiful sunny day in Toronto. Uh, we got the shades on. It's not quite as sunny though because we're still without two mom. Yes. Unfortunately, we love you so much. We need you. Where, Come back. Where are you, two mom? You're like a lost. We're lost puppies without you. You're like Ricky Williams on his Odyssey <laughs> when he left the Dolphins. Oh, speaking of Ricky Williams, tell me. Oh wow. Okay, so Celebrity Big Brother. Oh. Okay. I finished that uh, like a month after it ended uh, the other day, and he was on there. What? Ricky Williams made it to the final 
Okay, is this, uh, this going to be a spoiler for anyone? If for some random reason you're you're even further behind, and just just, just cl close your eardrums, does that make sense? Close your eardrums. Uh, Ricky Williams made it to the final two of Celebrity, Celebrity Big Brother, and he took like the most obvious winner for sure along with him. He could have beaten probably the other two contestants, and he took the most obvious woman who was going to crush him, and she did. Nine nothing in the final vote. It's like Ricky, you played a pretty damn good game the entire time, and then you just threw it away. And he's like, "Yeah, I just like the competition. I don't care about winning." What? You're Ricky Williams, man. You loved this competition. You loved winning. I just, oh, it just, I was so pissed off. I hate when people, players at the end of, of reality shows take the best player at the end. Like, what are you doing? You can go head to head with them instead of taking the person they know they can crush. Oh my yeah. god, he would have easily crushed uh, Dina Lohan. Oh. Lindsay Lohan's mom. She was she oh, was wait. useless on the show. She was so. I like, thought you were trying not, to call Lindsay Lohan's name, and you were like, Lohan. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not. I just don't have a week long hangover from last podcast. <laughs> no, that's not not the case. But yeah, the Dina. She didn't do anything. She was really bad at competitions. And uh, if you would have taken her, easily would have won. Really? Took okay. Tamar. She won. Okay. Uh, speaking of Ricky Williams, mm. is he? Quietly under the radar, one of the most interesting people you would actually like to sit down and hang out with. Like we always say, oh, yeah. you know, who'd you have at your table or whatever if you were to have dinner or, or your golf foursome. Like Ricky Williams isn't on the top of the list, but once you get into conversations and someone mentions it, it'd be like, no, we kind of need to talk to this dude, man. Like he is kind of out there, you know what I mean? Like very, very interesting cat. Uh, yeah, ESPN had a thirty for thirty on him, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that one too, and you I definitely saw the football Ricky run. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's uh he's definitely an entertaining character and uh, just like a very very thoughtful. Yeah, you know, he, he, he did love the weeds. Yeah, or he does love the weeds. Yeah, it's crazy. Here's the other thing too, if marijuana is now legal in like places like in and there's a reflection on the, on the building across from me. That, thank God I have these sunglasses on because I am like getting. Whew. If uh if marijuana is legal now, um, is it? Are you allowed to take it in a pro sports league now? Or is it totally no drugs allowed? Is that am I totally not understanding this properly? So you're saying what? Are you, what are you, so, so in the NFL, it's still illegal, which is so stupid. It's marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't like even though it's legal in Colorado and Seattle, you can't have marijuana. No. Not even in the off season and stuff because if they test you. Ah, uh, I am not sure. I think they might within the NFL. It might be like a one month window they test. Yeah. In April, maybe could be wrong. I mean, it's crazy. I, I mean, NFL players. It's weird because at first, when we think about guys smoking pot, we're like, oh, you guys are idiots, you guys are throwing your life away. But as we come to understand more and more the, the life of an NFL player, it's a, a life of like, besides the game time, it's like a lot of pain, a lot of anguish. And literally, uh, smoking marijuana is like one of their like reliefs as opposed to getting addicted to like codeine or whatever it is, you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting because a lot of ex-players have started coming forward and even current players are saying they should really re-evaluate re this i mean it's a crazy one like say let's say 10 years ago this came up we'd be like you're nuts this guy's just trying to get high and all this stuff right and now we're thinking about it as like holy these nfl players are like they're getting destroyed and you know their bodies are shredded and they're like all messed up and everything and now we're like actually really looking into it like maybe is this something that uh, in, instead of having painkillers in your in your cornflakes, maybe this is the, this is the key. But I don't know, man. So, I, don't, I don't know how we got there. Oh, it was Ricky Williams, but uh, just an interesting one, man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the NFL players like it's, it's, it's. I've always said it's crazy to me the NFLPA, like that's a league where you have the shortest amount of lifespan that their contracts or they get ripped up. 
Like, there's been a bunch of guys who signed in free agency and, yeah. like, three- or four-year deals. And I think I saw the stat. It was, like, um, of guys, like, three years ago signed three-, four-year deals. Yeah. Like, 70% of them are already ripped off the contracts. I already read that, too. Yeah, I read that like, article. It's how amazing. is it? How do the players, uh, how does the NFLPA not be like, no, we deserve that money. Like, yeah. Give us the money. Don't just cut us. But obviously, guaranteed money is where, where it's at. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just it's crazy to me that contracts aren't guaranteed. Well, it's, I mean. Fully guaranteed. It actually brings us to one of the points we were going to discuss today is uh, baseball contracts. So I don't know why this happened. And we'll talk to, about this in a second about how it took so long for guys like Manny Machado and uh, Bryce Harper and Mike Trout to get their contracts. Uh, but when they finally were signed, um, the smallest one out of those three was Machado's 300 mil, right? I think uh, Harper came in at what, 330? Uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. And then, and um, then it, Trouts came for 12 for 430. Yeah. 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 So think about these these contracts are guaranteed. Like, this is it. Like, if uh, Bryce Harper decides to, I don't know, not care about baseball anymore, he's still getting paid $33 million a year. Meanwhile, NFL players get all this money up front, say 22 million or 30 million or whatever guaranteed. And after a year or two years, they could be gone. You know, uh, I, is the NFL, is the NFL's players, is the NFL players union, the weakest union in, in the world? It's gotta be. Yeah. Right. Like how, how are they not guaranteeing contracts? Like how is that like when they, when they go into labor disputes and everything, why not just say, Hey, guarantee our contracts. Right. Then, I guess they they were trying to do that years ago, and then they had like the off season strike where they they were holding out for until like August or something like that. That was mm-hmm. what seven years ago, something like that, eight years ago. That's I guess that's what they were sort of pushing for, and eventually they caved and you know. Like but. that that's where I would have issues is that like um, one of the one of our producers at TSN back in the day he told me that the NFL and I agreed with him at the time. He said the NFL is a perfectly run league um, because I mean from an owner's perspective because mm-hmm. if you're an owner. The league comes up to you at the beginning of the year and tells you, uh, Hound Dog, you're you're gonna get after all your operating costs, after everything, you're making eighty-five million dollars this year. <laughs> like, imagine that. Imagine going into a year and them telling you what your profit is to start. That's basically your guaranteed money for for owning this franchise, for just having lots of money and buying a team, right? Because what we what we found over the years is that most ownership groups are dumb as shit. Mm-hmm. Right? They they don't know how to manage their teams. They don't know how to do anything. They have incompetent. They they're incompetent managers, and they have incompetent um, uh, staff that they hire to make incompetent decisions. Yet they still make money. Right? So I just think if you're gonna do that, if if I'm a player and I'm in, I'm the players' union, I think that would be like my my number one point. I would even take uh, even if you lower the cost of contracts to make sure that they're guaranteed. Like you know, so maybe they don't get. Um, I mean, obviously, the star players are always going to get star money and stuff. But I'm saying, like, if you're a middle-tier guy, like, these contracts, like uh, like Tyron Matthew, who just signed with KC, I think it was three years and 44 mil, right? With, like, 22 million guaranteed. Again, my numbers might be off. What is the pain in guaranteeing that three years and 44 mil? Like, honestly, how does that hurt anything that, that's going on with these, with these teams? So I, I just – I feel like they, they have – the NFL players also have bad leadership as well. Like they should be fighting for that one thing. Just mm-hmm. guarantee the contracts. Every other sports league has it. I do not understand. And they have humongous caps to work with. So yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, that's one of the ones that bothers me. Um, but back to the, like I wanted to say about the baseball contracts. Do you think that there's ever going to be a player, and, I, and you're, this is your kind of corner versus mine, but I feel like these, these contracts are huge. 
But if I'm uh, if I'm Mike Trout, do I really want to lock into a 12 year 430? It sounds okay. Honestly, first first of all, normal people listening to this, <laughs> yes, I agree. 430 million dollars is a lot. Um, and it ends up being like, I don't know, something like $38 million a year, which is more money than most third world countries generate. Cool. But I'm saying that, you know, the prices continue to go up for salaries, right? We, we, we marveled at A-Rod's contract of 275 10 years ago, right? Now it's like 430. Do, pe- do players need that kind of security or shouldn't Trout just sign like, I don't know, a four-year $200 million deal? And then go back at it again. And bet on himself to, to do it more, yeah. Yeah. I mean, is, is four years not enough, though, to do that? Like, I mean, so, because I know the NHL does that. Like, they have, like, long contracts. I don't know if they might have cut them down. But is it, I guess my question is, is it, is it good business as a player to get these long-term deals in when you can, if you're if you're a star player? Yeah, I get, you, you would think that they'd want to bet on themselves. Like, uh, I know there's certainly... Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins in the NFL basically was betting on himself with a franchise tag for a couple of years and eventually got a long-term deal in Minnesota. You'd think, and that was, and that's a, that's a sport where like Alex Smith, your career might actually be over on one single play. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's very, very rare is like is for baseball, uh, especially for a position player or like hockey, for your career to be over on a play. Very, very rare. So yeah, you'd think they would do that. Like yeah, go to four or five years, something like that, and then you get crazy bank because who knows. It's still going to be a crazy amount of money, obviously, mm-hmm. that money Mike Trout made. But in 10 years from now, like you were saying, it's still a crap ton of money. But maybe that'll be like, well, maybe it's a decent deal for this guy now, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. Relatively. So, like, my, my thing is, like, from Machado, right? Maybe it, it all depends on age and everything. But say you're, like, 26 years old. Do you really want to lock into a 12-year deal? Like, why not lock into a four-year super high contract and then, and then just keep going at age 30? Mm-hmm. Now you could lock into another four-year deal. Because I think he has a full no, no trade as well, so he couldn't even like the Padres could very well be horrible. Just because they have Machado doesn't mean they're going to be great all of a sudden. I mean, they're not maybe even, they're but, not even projected to be the, in the playoffs. So like, if you're him, like, what if the team is a complete dumpster fire, like, like basically the Miami Marlins situation? Exactly. And you're stuck there forever. Like you, obviously, they, I'm sure they would want to win. Most players, I think, would. Yeah. Yeah. I this, don't know. This idea came up to me like I thought about it because way back in the day, one of our uh, old colleagues, Jeremy Howell, was sitting there, and uh, it was when Albert Pujols was a free agent. Pujols. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and at the time, and, but at the time, he was a he was a super commodity, and he goes, Jay should offer two years, 150 million for him. And I was like, Whoa, that's crazy. And he's like, But is it? Like, I mean, 150 million dollars, you get him for two years, 75 million. So it's crazy. But you're off. He's off your books in two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, obviously, this, that has its own problems because the Jays don't sign people for money. Mm, yeah, the whole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're a mess. But I mean, I don't know. Like, if I, I feel like in the NFL, uh, they found this uh, this this market um, inefficiency of grabbing uh, trading for players who are like in the final years of their rookie deals and stuff, right? Because you're not able to grab no free agents that come out are ever top tier, top of the line free agents. They're always retained, right? That's why when a guy does become available, it's like, holy crap, we're all over and we're gonna go after him. But the people that they're going after now are like mid-tier guys, right? Like solid mid-tier guys who are kind of getting big contracts as if they were paid like stars. And stars sit on the sidelines and go, if you know, middle, middle-class guy is getting this, I should be getting this, right? Mm. So they're making these deals now to get these young guys at these cheap contracts. That's the inefficiency. Maybe that's baseball's new inefficiency. I don't know. And speaking of inefficiency, to put a bow on that, uh, I still my favorite stat, stat on, on all this, Bobby Bonilla still getting a million dollars every July 1st 
after the contract, so Mike Trout is over. It'll still be happening because they signed him way back in the day, and then I guess obviously they bought him out or whatever they did. And they deferred that money, right? So he gets every July 1st, I think it's July 1st or 4th, I think it's the 1st, a million dollars, and that'll be going until after those contracts were uh, handed out to Trout and uh, Machado. I love that so much. That is insane. (laughs) But, hey, by the way, if you were an NFL or professional athlete, Take some deferred money, man. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. let them set you up in the future. Like, you don't need, you know, if you're making 15 million a year, you don't need the 15 million a year. Like, get them to make it like, you know, 8 million and defer 7 million and put it into like this trust so later on you could like make money, man, mm. or, or have money. Uh, I think that's like one of the saving things for Allen Iverson. There's a great story about it, how he was going broke. He is almost broke, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know how those he, stories are. Was, was he going for broke? He was going for broke. Yeah. You, you like that? Oh, you like that? I, I love where you're going with that. <laughs> uh, but he signed it when he's, he had his deal with Reebok, and they deferred a forty million dollar payment, and it's in his name, and he can't get it until he's like fifty-five years old. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's that's Imagine. interesting. Yeah, how good cool, or something like fifty, uh, thirty million or forty million, and like yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. When you're, like, old and you can't, like, do anything anymore, you got, like, 30 mil in the bank. I mean, that's cool. And and pro athletes should kind of do that stuff. So, anyways, be smart with your money, guys. You guys have a lot of it. Be good with it. Speaking of being, of being smart with, with my money or potentially stupid with my money, uh, good segue to this. Uh, Great segue. I was doing some uh, snooping on uh, different sports betting books um, mm-hmm. recently for the... And, uh, As you are wont to do. Yes, of course. And uh, for our website that we work for, the Sports Betting Dime, mm-hmm. uh, updating uh, golf majors, um, the odds for all the majors. And this is your corner. And I came across an unbelievable one on my uh, my bookie. And just I'm hoping this is my uh, my Miss Universe bet that I open up the Bodog account just to place the bet on Miss Universe, and she of course ended up winning Miss Philippines. Quick segue on that one. Uh, uh, as Hound Dog was doing his research, he found the inefficiency is that uh, he was he found some articles that said Miss Philippines was the favorite, and on one betting site he found her at plus uh, sixty six uh, sorry sixty six to one to win. Crazy. Other betting sites had her listed at the favorite already as five to one. <laughs> so of course he jumped in on it at what is it fifty to one? I jumped in on fifty to one. It, yeah. it had gone down a little bit, yeah. It had gone down a little bit. So before before the the market crashed on that, he got in at fifty to one, and then literally days later that same site dropped it down with the favorites about five to one. Probably because there was juice on it and because we had talked about it, and it actually shifted the market. And uh, also a big winner on that one. So congratulations. Thank uh, you. Sorry for that segue. Continue. No, no, I like that. <laughs> Pumping my tires. That's oh, good. Please, please keep going. <laughs> You're too kind. But talk please, about, about how great I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so hoping this is the next one on my bookie. I had to open up an account for this as well. For some reason, do I necessarily think this golfer won the Masters? Mm, probably not. But the line was too good to to pass up. And go for it if you're listening to this right now. Bet on it right now. Uh, he was 33 to one in January to win the Masters this year. 33 to one in February, even into March. And then for some random reason, he's now 100 to one. Xander Shoffley on my bookie. For some, every other betting site has him at 33 to one or 30 to one. Some random reason he's 100 to one. So I had to bet, open up an account, put 20 dollars on that American. Uh, so it's 20 to win 2,600 Canadian nice. if he wins the Masters. So. Which is obviously very uh, coming up very soon here. So uh. that's amazing. Now the other thing that people, if you're not familiar with golf, even I know that uh, Shoffley is like one of the top guys on uh, at the uh, what is it the FedEx points list. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's won had, a couple times this year. He's had a big year already to start. I think he's had three top sixes in majors the last couple of years. Like he's been 
quite damn good. It just I don't know what what they were doing there. Just like with the Bodog with the Miss Universe bet with Miss Philippines, they were asleep at the wheel. For some reason, someone changed that, and it's still there. I don't know. I thought maybe they would have like the next day realized, oh crap, we made a mistake. No, it's still there. And also, the, uh, for the, I don't love this one as much, but for the PGA Championship, the only wonky line, also 100 to one, was Bubba Watson. Everywhere else has him like 35 or 40 to one. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they have him at 100 to one. I also put 20 bucks on that. It's like the, the PGA is in, in May now. And do I think Bubba will win? I mean, he certainly has a great chance. I mean, uh, he, he either wins or he doesn't even do much at all in majors. I find, but like, I, I don't understand. They're, they're asleep at the wheel, and hopefully that's my new uh, thing. I'm gonna win tons of money. I think we should do this. I think we're gonna come up with a segment where we're gonna call it because it's it's not value, right? When we see something like this, this isn't like a value bet. Like value bets are something like you know considering where they're placed and what they're giving them. This is something where whatever. This is more like an oddities thing. Where it's like, well, this is something that stands out among everything else, and it's like worth throwing something at mm-hmm. because of the possibility of it happening. Like the Miss Universe was an oddity. This is definitely an oddity. Uh, I was doing um, a a Sunday night game preview, which I was doing for the for this past season, and they had it. They had one. I forget what the stat was, but it basically said total touchdown scored, and it was between like the Rams and the Eagles. The game. And they had the, the line of total touchdowns scored at one and a half. Well, it was it was like this is a complete oddity and it's a for sure win. You know what I mean? So maybe we should do that. We'll definitely um, we'll like come that. up with yeah, we'll put our heads together and uh, maybe we'll come up with something called the oddities where uh, if anything does pop up, we'll let you guys know about it so you can jump on it because uh, this is one that I mean again we don't know. The thing about the about golf is that I know that you say is heading into it who's hot and who's coming into it. It literally is anybody could jump in and, and win win that tournament. This isn't like March Madness, you know. Mm. St. Mary's, who my heads and tails uh, bracket fill out was the was the eventual champion, <laughs> is already eliminated. Like mm. this is like a, a legit shot. So um, yeah, we should probably get into that, man. That's good, yeah, and uh, especially the Masters for Shoffley because there's what like I think it's 86 maybe something like that players in the field, mm-hmm. and you can cut out like 26 guys who like the old timers. Yeah. Uh, or like the amateurs, they're not going to win. Yeah. So you have like basically sixty guys, and it's a hundred to one on anybody. Yeah. Let alone the guy who's like second on the FedEx Cup points list. I think I think he's second. Yeah. And he's won a couple times this year. Like it's just it's just crazy. I don't understand it. So. Um, yeah. No. I, so mean, I like jump, that idea. Jump on that. The other thing I was going to ask because it is Masters and it is golf, and we all know that. I mean, we could talk about everybody else, but the one name that actually still matters and is actually still prevalent in this world. Is Tiger Tiger Woods? Oh, I thought you were gonna say Larry Mize. <laughs> Larry Mize, <laughs> uh, very very prevalent. Yes, yes. I was gonna say Bob May or the, or the big boomer Hal Sutton. Be the right club today, <laughs> Hal Sutton. I think the uh, driver head he was using was the size of a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Tiger. Okay, break it down for me. Shot at doing this. Shot at, at winning a major. Uh, I mean, we're talking about oddities. Here's a bet that I thought was was at the time was crazy. Like, I thought it was a no-brainer that he was going to pass Jack for 18 majors. I mean, the pace he absolutely. Was now we're at a pace where it's like, is he even going to win one more major to close out his career? This year, if he's going to do it, as long as he could stay healthy, this would be the year to do it because, of course, he's obviously won at the Masters. Yep. The PGA is at Bethpage Black, where he won the U.S. Open in 2002. Yep. And the U.S. Open's at Pebble Beach, where he won, uh, of course, he won by dismantling everyone by 15 shots in 2000. One of the best things I've ever seen on TV live for four days. Unbelievable. And the British Open is 
uh, Royal Portrush, and no one's played that uh, in terms of a major. It hasn't been there since like the 50s or something like that. So if, if, if he's going to do it, this will be the year to do it. Three venues he's won at, and the other venue, no one else really has any home course advantage. Basically a toss-up, right? So tell me, uh, what are his, like, how is he looking, um, and how are his chances, um, in your opinion, um, this year? Like, how has he been playing, and, and what what's good with them, and what's still kind of shaky about them? Well, you tend tends to be golf golfers as they get older. The uh, the putting goes. You most you don't get better at putting as you as you age. Mm-hmm. Of course, Tiger Woods was money made every single putt imaginable mm-hmm. back in the day. He's struggling a little bit with the putter. He's just, he's just not making those putts where you assumed were all, definitely automatic before. Uh-huh. He's still playing relatively well. He's hitting the ball okay, but he's getting like fifteenth and he's finishing eighteenth. And I, I remember there was a story on PTI the other day when uh, uh, I think he finished. Yeah, he finished. Backdoor to, uh, 30th at the Players Championship a few weeks ago. Okay. And on the PTI that goes bigger story. Tiger Woods um, returning or uh, Tiger Woods um, like playing well or resurgence. It wasn't resurgence, but Tiger Woods playing well uh-huh. or Rory McIlroy winning. And I'm like, is that even actually a debate? First of all, it's not like some boner golfer. It's Rory freaking McIlroy who won, who's been playing the best stretch of his entire career. Yeah. And he won. And Tiger Woods finished 30th, and that was fortunate because he had a good Sunday to finish tied for 30th. What are you talking about? What's the bigger story? It's not even a debate. It's so like, weird. I feel like Tiger Woods is like people winning golf tournaments, and Tiger Woods wants to do the Happy Gilmore and walk by with his big check for $3,500. <laughs> oh, what a movie. Uh, now, as, as of now, he hasn't been playing super well. Of course, he had a withdrawal from uh, Fubicio at the Arnold Palmer because yep. of his, uh, he said, uh, stiff neck. Yep. Which obviously is scary anytime there's any injuries that go with that guy. Mm-hmm. Um as of now, you wouldn't look like he's like super playing super well, but that's the thing with golf. Like if he's playing relatively well, fifteenth, twentieth, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's, that's so close in terms of actually. Yeah, like the. But, like, but like, even like the uh, WGC Mexico, I think he was fifteenth or something like that. But yeah. he was million shots behind uh, Dustin Johnson. So. But explaining the range, right? Like if you're fifteenth to twentieth, you're not that far off from being in contention, right? You're a few. Maybe, you're, maybe usually that's that, that's yeah, maybe maybe five shots something like that. Yeah, and we're not just talking sh- like. Strokes. We're talking like if you hit a couple of better drives in a round, or a couple of better putts, or whatever, you're in contention, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, here's my my theory, and I heard this one before, um, and it's kind of the same thing with LeBron right now in the Lakers. And just to draw the comparison, is that like LeBron is great, and he's still great, but maybe it's just that the talent around him is also really good now, so that it's not like even on a even if you just come in and mail it in, you're beating, you know. You're beating Brooklyn, or you're coming in and you're wiping out the Wizards or whatever. It's like now every time you go somewhere, there's actually a legitimate competition that you have to face. And maybe back in the day, maybe even though Tiger was playing at like, like I'm saying that even if he was playing at the level that he was playing at when he was dominating and killing everybody, maybe the rest of the field wasn't ready to compete at that level. But I feel like now, if you took Tiger Woods in his prime and you took him out and you dropped him into present day with this field, his driving like which used to be his biggest weapon is I mean not I don't say it's middle of the pack, but there's a lot of people that are up there with them in terms of driving distance, right? Mm-hmm. There's other people that More. can yeah. can putt with them. There's people that have uh, as good or better touch around the uh, around like chipping and in and, and sand play and stuff. So I think is that a possibility that the field even as he's great now, he's still really good and maybe we're not not being able to gauge how good he is because the rest of the field is just actually really talented. There's no no question. Like the, it's very the game is in a great great place. There's a lot of really really good players. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, Roy McIlroy won at the Players Championship two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah, and uh, and he hadn't won. He'd only had one worldwide win, which was Bay Hill the year before, in like two years. And that's insane. And, and he's still playing really, really good golf. But it's just so hard to win because there's so many good players now. Mm-hmm. And of course, you, then you can have your randoms or Alexander Shoffley, uh, as as we were saying, uh, could win the Masters here. He no one had ever heard of him a couple of years ago. I remember he was like top five. He he was like in. A shot or some of that out of the lead of the U.S. Open after one day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who's this clown? He's going to shoot 87 tomorrow, and we'll never hear from him again, basically. I've never heard of the guy. Sure. And now he's won a, a, some, some big-time tournaments in the PGA Tour. So there's guys who are coming up that we don't even know who they are mm-hmm. that are uh, – and, and they're playing great, and no one's scared anymore. They're not scared. You don't have to be in your 30s to win. You can win when you're 22 now. It's 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 not – that's because of the Tiger Woods effect that it – People know they're they're not scared anymore mm-hmm. as no. they used to be, and he's uh, he's definitely made the game way much much better because of his effect. So he, so he basically created this monster that he, he set the bar contain, so high. Yeah, and he can't contain it anymore at, at forty whatever. I mean, I still want him to win. I'm a big, still a huge fan, and I, and really, um, there's certain things that that we enjoy, right? Like we enjoy watching LeBron in the playoffs. I really enjoy Tiger Woods in contention. I think mm-hmm. whenever watching him in contention, and this is like just, I mean, maybe total fanboying and stuff, but like even when he was in contention at the Masters that year and he had jumped out to that lead, watching him play, it's not just him hitting shots. I mean, obviously hitting shots, it's just, it's dope watching it, but seeing like the focus and like the sort of like the determination, like how he's just locked in, it's like one of those really cool things to watch, like a maestro kind of going to work. And and it, it's kind of scary because he can only sustain it for like, 12 holes and it's like and then these breaks in concentration which he never had before mm. these blip shots right or if he hit a bad shot he was able to recover it it's like not the same that's what makes it sort of interesting and exciting because i remember back in the day i used to hate tiger woods because when i first got into golf it was like 1997 mm. and obviously that's when he would just win absolutely everything yeah i hated him because it was like i want someone else to win this is boring to me because he's just dominating everybody but but then eventually i came to realize like obviously this is you're watching the greatest or second greatest player of all time this is amazing and then he had a year where he only won once and everyone was like oh he's terrible and i'm like no he's playing great golf he just he's only won the once but he was sorry he's playing terrible golf and he's still finishing second and third that yeah. year i think it was 2004 i'm pretty yeah. sure and that's when i that's when i started going aside because i'm like no no, no th- th- you don't understand because he's a victim of his own success and how dominant he was you guys think he's terrible he's not playing terribly so now because he's not winning all the time or whatever, it's like the unknown. Yeah. When he gets in the contention like he did last year at the PGA and the British Open, it's cool to be like, hey, how will he handle it? Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it was like, okay, he's obviously going to win. So now it's like, who knows? But it's like Fred Couples can be in contention at the Masters every year. Bernhard Langer, who's like 97 years old, can like be in the hunt through like two and a half rounds of the Masters. Yo, if- as long as he's healthy... Why couldn't Tiger Woods get in the contention of the Masters? Certainly, that, at least of all the majors, that's the one because it's the same place every year, of course. Yeah, that would be the one uh, that he definitely, he, as long as he's healthy, could win or be in contention until he's in his fifties. No question about it. Yo, if what's his name is Miguel Angel Jimenez can hit bang shots off of the wall at the British Open and looking like Kenny G. God, I love that guy. <laughs> I mean, it's what possible. It is totally possible. By the way. What a beauty Miguel Angel Jimenez is. Yeah, that was like a golf force that you'd want to have, or, or just doesn't have, doesn't have to be golfers. Yeah. But it, it would certainly be there, I would think, just because yeah, he's hacking cigars and his crazy pre-shot routine, a <laughs> warm-up sorry routine, and he's again. What was the quote? He won recently. He said something like, uh, basically, he was just talking about how he's just drinking and, and smoking all the time, or something like that. It was like <laughs> that's my workout or something. It's just. 
yeah, he's an absolute beauty. I love that guy uh, so much. You know, we're coming up to time here, but uh, I love talking about golf with you, man. It's like one of my favorite things. So maybe we'll close on this. If you, I mean, we talked about this. If you could pick a group of three guys to play with, um, I mean, it could be golf or maybe otherwise, but I would hope that they were good at golf, right? Because you don't want to just go and be like, oh, I want to, you know, and the guy that can't play. So who would be your group? Well, it has to be John Daly, obviously. John Number Daly, one, of course, duh. of course. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley would be crazy. It's so, he, I think I've talked about this on the pod before. He used to be really good at golf. Like he yeah. had a normal golf swing, and then somewhere along the way, he just got nervous or something, and now obviously a train wreck golfer. But it's hilarious. Yeah, I love that guy. Oh, the other golf or the other player though. Hmm. You do you have a list? Do you know? I might have to think about that one. The other player. I got. Hmm. I think mine is is. Uh, I mean Tiger Woods just to watch a, a maestro. Uh, Tony Romo, just because. I don't know. He just looks like a fun guy to hang out with, like and play. So, like, if Tiger Woods is totally serious, it's, it's good to kind of break it up. And then I need a, I, I need a medium guy, like somewhere. Uh, I need some, maybe someone crazy, like the Miguel Jimenez. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I thought what's his name would be good too. Is uh, oh, what's that dude that used to get the yips? Is it Kevin Na? Kevin Na, yeah, yeah. Where he would swing and he'd be like, come on, and be getting mad at himself. That guy is such a fascinating like character. Like, I, I love Kevin Na, and I've, I've always wanted him to be on a Ryder Cup team because he would piss off the other team for taking so long, and he'd piss off his own team, and it would just be, obviously he has mental hurdles, but he's still so good at golf. The year at the Players' Championship, he's leading after three rounds, he couldn't, he literally couldn't swing, and he kept like, uh, yeah. I don't know how it didn't count as a shot. He like fake swung, or like, uh, basically, or, <laughs> That's and, what I'm he, talking and he about. couldn't do, he couldn't mentally do it. Yeah, he was still winning, despite all the stuff going up in his head, on his head, he's still, it, it's unbelievable, he's such a a fascinating case study. He is unreal, man. He is like one of these dudes that's like, what is going on with you right now, man? Like, get it together. You're in a, He's like a top top 50 golfer. Yeah, just speaking of uh, Kevin Na and yeah. Tiger Woods, you saw at the Players' Championship a couple weeks ago where uh, on 17, no. Kevin Na had like a putt or whatever, and uh-huh. he like raced the ball into the hole. Like, he almost picked the ball out of the hole before it even made it went into the hole. It was crazy. And then Tiger Woods, I'll pull up here in a sec. Uh, and then Tiger Woods was in the same group as him. He also made like a short putt and like jokingly was doing the same thing and he, they were laughing about it going off the into onto the 18th tee. That's something from Tiger Woods you wouldn't have seen 10 years ago. He oh. would have been so super serious and no way would they be able to have fun. Yeah, yeah. I've it heard, was so fun. It was so cool to see. I've heard stories where like Bill Belichick followed Tiger Woods around for a round of pra- uh, practice round of golf, and then when he saw him at the end, he shook his hand and then Tiger was like, "Oh, when did you get here?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he has no idea when he's in there. Like he was so locked in before. So, uh, no, that's. Yeah, I think that's my foursome, man. Tiger, Kevin Na, and Tony Romo. Kevin Na, I did not think that you uh, were going to pick that. I love that. I love the yips, man. Like, the yips. It's like, it's unreal. I'm pulling up here for you. Yeah, pretty much like you actually almost cut the ball before. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think for my other one, I might have to be Mayo Angel Jimenez. Even, and especially if we have to be drinking in the course, because you couldn't, you barely can understand the guy at all. Yeah. As it is. Yeah. And then if we had some drinks, there's Tiger was doing that as well. If he had some drinks, that you have no concept of what was going on with Jimenez. Like, like as you see, Eero seeing right now, Tiger Woods was laughing with oh, Kevin Nob. You never would have seen that from Tiger. And that's also fun to see. I, it's a weird thing to love. Uh, maybe I should like see, see somebody about this. But I love seeing Tiger Woods... That he, interacting with people and actually like being cool with them as opposed to like being a completely uh, cyborg before it was just like you yeah. know, shot everybody out as we were saying it's yeah. just it's, he's human now yeah no man it's awesome he needs to do that and now look at this oh my <laughs> the, the video went to some woman 
Like, did, we're talking picking about, up a tire. Like a What's little, going on a here? Little Asian woman changing a tow truck tire, and she needed a jack to lift the tire. She is an absolute, and she's probably a hundred. Oh my god, she's got a drill bit that's bigger than her body. Oh my god, guys, look up. Uh, if you have the will, you can do anything. That's the video. She is crazy. How does it have to go from Kevin uh, and Tiger Woods to this video? I have no idea. Like. Top videos, cars. I don't look up cars ever. Yeah, no. It's oh, so weird. But this woman's a machine. <laughs> She's lifting something I couldn't touch. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, well, that's great, man. Well, on that, I mean, man, we got. I think we're time. We're at time, man. Yeah, and then uh, can't wait for the Masters. Hopefully, Xander Shoffley gets it done. That's gonna be great, man. Uh, I, I, you like Xander? Um, I like it for the bet. I am going to hopefully bet for or hope for uh tiger woods in contention i mean that that would probably that's make what's my so fun oh. so fun right like it, obviously we want him to win but just to be in contention is super cool i would love for him to be in contention like legit and i'm not talking like two shots back i want him to be like tied or within a shot coming up to 16 that's what i want like 16 seven, just give me that and then i can i can be happy man i can roll with it and stuff because it's a journey man like watching a, a Watching four rounds, as my wife will tell you. My wife? My wife. She, I don't know what she actually hates more. She hates uh, me watching March Madness or she hates watching the Masters more. <laughs> she doesn't like, uh, doesn't like the uh, golf, eh? No. She, the, thing is, the thing is, she loves the NBA. Like, she will watch NBA with me all the time. Um, but not, not the NFL, uh, not March, definitely not March Madness, and definitely not the Masters. It's a, it's a snooze. <laughs> but she watched a little bit with me for a while, but it's like, it's like there's another hole. Another one? I, what I always say to people who don't like golf, to mom, mm -hmm. if you're listening, and obviously you are because you're editing this and we love you, <laughs> is don't watch golf uh, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday because there's nothing, there's no, there's no pressure that's imminent. Yeah. If you screw up, you can still get, you can still do well tomorrow. Yeah. Definitely don't watch the first nine holes. Yeah. Watch the the back nine at a major. Yeah. And, and obviously, I'm sure that that takes a couple hours. So even I would just say, yeah, the final three holes. Yeah. No, sometimes some tournaments are already decided by then. Yeah. But majors that aren't. That's when it's exciting, when it's just like two guys going mano a mano, yeah. last couple holes. Yeah. Obviously, it'd be cool if it's more guys in contention. Yeah. But that's what's don't, – don't watch golf on a Thursday. Of course, it's going to look horribly exactly. it's boring. There's nothing – like I said, there's no pressure. There's nothing mm -hmm. imminent about it. So, Do you enjoy – before we go, do you enjoy great shot making as much as you enjoy implosion? Like. Ooh. Because, I mean – Implosions are fun. When we talk about – Sadistic. Like if you ask me about an implosion, I can already tell you. I remember watching Phil Mickelson drive on 18 in the U.S. Open, where they they call it a fried egg because he put it in that sand trap. I uh, that was amazing. I was doing a, uh, helping out our good friend uh, James Tone with the highlight pack. Jimmy, that was my first year uh, at TSN. Jimmy, and I'm still rattled, but Colin Montgomery actually was the first to kick that tournament away. Made a crazy bomb of a birdie I, on 17. I remember that because I no ran around the the, the newsroom. Shouldn't have done that, probably. <laughs> nobody was no. That was the one where nobody was hitting putts, right? Like Ogilvy won at plus five that tournament. Something oh, like that. Yeah. Disaster. And oh, Monty were right down the fairway on eighteen. Perfect drive, yeah. and then if he hit one good iron shot, it, he would have won the whole thing. Yeah. Screwed up, made double. So of course everyone remembers Phil's kicking it away, but Monty had kicked it away about fifteen minutes earlier. Oh man. Yeah, that is fun to watch some implosions. It is right. Like I, I don't like the Vanderbilt implosion because it was so. Fucking bad, and I don't such like, a bad break too. Yeah, and oh. I don't and I don't like implosions when a guy is in like leading in the final round and goes double double and he's out, and now they don't even acknowledge him in the like he's not part of the coverage anymore. <laughs> it's like oh uh, whoever it is, whatever the guy's name is, oh he made a putt here on eight. Yeah, it's been a rough day for him. He's now he's now at five over. 
It's like he's gone. He's out of the he's out of the picture. So I feel bad for that. I like it at the end when you have to make a shot, you have to make a putt, and you can't do it. Like you literally watch them unravel like with a bad tee shot or a bad approach because literally there's so much pressure on that. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, golf majors. Like I said, that's that's where to watch. Yep. Obviously, majors more inter- entertaining than most minor tournaments. I'm jacked for this Masters, man. I am. Oh, yeah. oh it's gonna be a beauty, man. We should Can't wait. Do that. Xander Shoff, knowing my luck, Xander Shoffley will win the PGA and Bubba will win the Masters, the opposite bets, and uh, that'd be rattling. It actually would make sense. If, if you were asking me, of course, it would make sense. Bob has won the Masters twice, yeah. and Shoffley at the PGA would make sense, actually. But, yeah, no doubt. But their odds for like, Shoffley at the PGA is like 30 to 1, uh, as it should be. Yeah. So it's weird. But Jump on that, guys. Jump on it. Yep. Going, you should be going for broke on that bet for sure. Oh, beauty. Thank you for listening to episode 60 of the podcast. Bang. Bang. Peace, guys. Love you, too. <laughs> Come back to us. We need you. Get back here, man. Quit dog grooming. <laughs> I'm grooming this dog. This hound dog. That sounds appealing to you, too, Mom? Now when I hear the word grooming, it's after I've watched too many of these documentaries, the grooming part is not really mm. it's a bad word. Mm. Does sound like it. Yeah. Problematic. Uh, absolutely. Robert, Robert Kraft involved in not <laughs> grooming, but yeah. Robert Kraft involved in a different kind of grooming. <laughs> That's for sure. Do you think he has like a, a hairy ball sack? <laughs> Do you think it's called? Oh, I forgot what it was called now. Someone on a podcast called it something because he was talking about guys in a gym, old men in the gym, and how they just let the was it Grey Fury you called it? Like, they get naked and it's Grey Fury. Grey Fury. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word. I don't know if it was. But then they were like, the guy's like, are you talking about pubic hair right now? He's like, call it what you want. Call it what you want. <laughs> Take it for what it is. <laughs> oh, that's jokes. Hilarious. <laughs> All right, we're done. Bang. <laughs>